I praise God for that. I'm going to preach tonight from John chapter number 3 for a few moments. John chapter number 3. And uh, it's good to see Brother Keith Ware and his wife and family. And uh, appreciate them. And uh, y'all didn't have a church split tonight, did you? All right. Everything's still good up on the hill, okay? And so we're just glad to see all y'all here tonight. And uh, if you've got any financial needs, go see Brother Keith Ware. He works for Edward Jones. And uh, if you need any money, go see Brother Keith Ware. Amen. And uh, so he, if he don't have it, he can hook you up with somebody that does. But I appreciate him, appreciate his uh, faithfulness to the Lord. And uh, I tell you, for him, it's a ministry, not a business. And so I, he doesn't like for me to ever say that. But I like to mention when a Christian's doing something and they're honest, amen, I want to encourage people, go go take your business to somebody that's honest, amen, that'll be a blessing to you, and we just appreciate and love that family. But John chapter 3, if you're able to stand with us tonight, we'll read the most familiar verse in all the Word of God, and have a word of prayer, then you can be seated. For Verse number 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Father, we want to thank you tonight for John 3.16. We want to thank you tonight for the Word of God. What a promise in this verse tonight. And Lord, I pray that you'd speak to every heart. God, we don't want to do anything that would grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. Thank you tonight for the good service we've had thus far and for your presence. And I pray the next few moments you'd just help us from the Word of God. I know this is a familiar verse, but Lord, I pray that you would touch us and help us for a few moments. And may we be a blessing to somebody and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And amen. You can be seated tonight. You know, I drove one time uh, two hours to hear a man preach that I had heard preach on a CD or it was a tape at the time. And uh, he preached on the portrait of an angel. And it was one of the greatest sermons that I'd ever heard in my life. And, and uh, so I heard that this preacher was going to be preaching and it was to about two and a half hours away and so me and another preacher we loaded up and we drove to the meeting that night and sure enough he was there and never had seen the man didn't know what he looked like or anything but I was excited to hear him preach and he got up that night and he announced brother laddie that he was preaching on John 3:16 and I've got to be honest with you I thought when he announced what he was preaching on I thought Lord I love John 3:16 but I drove two and a half hours to hear this guy preach, and I wished he was preaching something other than John 3.16, but I want to tell you, it was the greatest message I ever heard on John 3.16. I'm not going to preach the greatest message you've ever heard tonight on this verse of Scripture, for I'm sure you've heard many, but I will say that it fits the occasion for what today is. This is our Give All Sunday. And I wasn't thinking about preaching anything on Give All Sunday, but this afternoon as I was just preparing for the message tonight, if the Lord would have me to preach, this thought came to me uh, concerning a message that I preached maybe uh, several years ago, I don't know, on the greatest example of giving. Amen? In verse number 16, we have tonight the greatest example of giving. The gospel message and the gospel verse that we have read tonight is one that teaches us many principles, but most of all, it teaches us the principle of giving. And what about a God tonight that would never outlet us give him? Amen? 
All other gods of this world never give anything to them that follow them. For they have hands, but they cannot feel. They have eyes, but they cannot see. And they have ears, but they cannot hear. And their followers give and give and give. And the gods of this world never give anything in return. They're either not real or they're dead. But what about a God that we serve tonight? He is the true God. He is a living God. And he is a giving God. Amen. He will do more for us than what we could ever do for him. And when we come to this verse of scripture tonight, we find in this verse, not just that God gave, but we find in this verse the greatest gift that has ever been given. Christmas time is just around the corner and we'll give gifts one to another, but no gift that could ever be given from one individual to another could ever compare to the gift that we read about in this verse tonight. I would say that this is a precious gift for it is God son. Amen. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no better gift that you and I could have as it's already been sung about than to have Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. If you have Jesus, then you have everything you need tonight. As the songwriter said, I don't need silver and I don't need gold and I don't need fame and I don't need fortune. Amen. But to know that I can pillow my head tonight and know that I never see another sunrise this side of eternity. I thank God I'll be basking in the sunlight of my friend that heavenly city because I have the greatest gift that could ever be given and that's the gift of salvation. It is a precious gift tonight and then it is a perfect gift, amen. A lot of people get gifts and they take them back and they return them because they weren't what they thought they were or they wasn't what they wanted. Well, I got news for you. Nobody ever got saved and said, well, I don't want to be saved, amen. Nobody ever got saved and turned around and said, I'd rather be going to hell. I want to tell you, friend, it's a perfect gift. Isn't that right? In fact, when you get saved, well, you and I get more than what we bargained for. There's nothing wrong with Jesus Christ. As Pilate said, I find no fault in him. And can I say along with Pilate, after 30-something years of being saved, I don't find anything wrong with Jesus Christ. He's been everything I ever expected him to be and so much more. He's been there in the good times and he's been there in the bad he's been there when I've been up but he's been there when I've been down he's been with me on the mountaintop and thank God he's walked with me through the valley low he's been there when it seemed like I had no place to turn when I had no other resource what a gift he is a perfect gift for any generation for any time for any person for any individual for any region for any nationality Jesus Christ is a precious gift but he is a perfect gift Amen. And then he's a powerful gift. What about a gift that changes your life for time and eternity? I want to tell you, my friend, Jesus Christ can take a drunkard and he can make a decent man out of him. Amen? Jesus Christ can take a prostitute and make a decent woman out of her. Amen? Jesus Christ, uh, my friend, can take those uh, that are strung out on the sins of this world, uh, that have wallowed in the filth and the sepulchres of this world that society has given up on, that says there's no hope for them. Uh, they're banished uh, from society. They can never be reversed uh, and the curse that is on them is too 
too much. I want to tell you this gift is so powerful that no matter who walks that aisle, no matter how far they are in the dregs of sin, no matter how far on bottom they have went, if they meet the master, one touch, my friend, would change them for time and eternity. Amen. He can take those that the world has thrown away and he'll pick up the shattered pieces and he'll put them back together again. You know why? Because there's power in salvation. Amen. We're not preaching a dead gospel. We're not preaching a theological gospel, but thank God we're preaching a gospel that's got power. It'll reach out and get a hold of you. It'll change your life. This is a powerful gift. Amen. Then I would say tonight that it is a priceless gift. For salvation is free, but it is not cheap. You realize tonight to be saved what it costs for you and I to be saved. Doesn't cost you nothing to get in the family of God, but it doesn't mean that salvation didn't cost tonight. I want to tell you, my friend, God is the greatest example of giving in this verse. Somebody had to give for me to get out of hell's way. Somebody had to give for me not to go to hell. Somebody had to give for you to sit in church tonight and be on your way to heaven. I know that others have given along the way and have invested in their life both as a sinner and as a saint, but I remind us tonight, had it not been for Calvary, had it not been for the shed blood, had it not been for the grace of God, had it not been for his mercy and his love and his kindness and had it not been for his son none of us would be sitting where we're sitting at tonight none of us would have any hope we would be out there in this world lost with no place to go and no place to turn I'm glad that God broke the bank of heaven one day and he gave the only thing that he had one of he gave his only begotten son so that you and I could be saved be born again and it ought to make us feel special this this evening that God would love us so much uh, that he would give uh, the only son he had so we could be saved. It's the greatest example of giving tonight. What I see in this verse is three simple things about this great example. Number one, I want you to see the motive of his giving. The Bible said in verse number 16, for God so loved the world. When you think about what motivated God to give his son, Someone said this morning, I can't remember who, but someone made the statement that if I had, I could not give my son for, for anyone else and I would be able to say that same thing this, this evening. I don't think there's anybody in this building that you would give your child for someone else as much as you may love them, but you wouldn't offer up one of your children. If you have more than one, you wouldn't even give one of them, let alone give the only one that you had. But I'll tell you the motive of God. You might be here tonight and say, preacher, why would God give his son for me? Why would Jesus die for me? But why would the Father let him come and condescend to this earth and spend 33 and a half years in a sin-cursed world, leave the portals of glory and the splendor and the honor and the majesty that heaven had to offer and walk amongst sinful men and live like a peasant and die like a criminal? Why would God let that happen? There's only one explanation I could tell you tonight, and it's because God loves you and God loves me. Amen. I want to tell you the love of God is unconditional. Amen. And 
and the love of God is universal and the love of God is unique tonight. He loves me like I was his only child, but he loves you the same way and God has no special children, but he loves every one of us tonight. He loves every sinner out there regardless of their creed or their color or their, black, uh, their background. He loves the red, the yellow, the black, the white. He loves the free and, the, and he loves those that are not free. He loves the educated and the uneducated and God loves the rich and he loves the poor and he loves the young and he loves the old and he loves the guilty and he loves the innocent and he loves those uh, my friend uh, my friend that no one would want anything to do with. Uh, God loves, uh, he loves you and he loves me tonight, amen. And that's what motivated God to give. You know in church, if you only give when there's a need, then you never know the real motive of giving. I watch them little children come when we take up special offerings and they love giving, don't they? I mean, I'll be honest with you. If I'm sitting out in the congregation in a church service and they take an offering up, I really don't want to walk down to the front. He said, well, preacher, why don't you pass the offering plate? Why do you have everybody come to the front? Because you get more money. Isn't that right? Now, if you didn't laugh, it's because it bothers you. But I want to tell you, I, I, you do say, is that true? People have a tendency to give more when you bring it down to the front. But you know what? I really don't want to walk to the front, but now them children's a different story. I like to watch them come down here. I, I'm not real sure that they're always going to put the money in the offering plate. I, I, every parent cringes when their two-year-old child goes down there with that money and then when they put it in it's a sigh of relief but there's always that little second because you're afraid are they going to take something back amen if they're a good Baptist they probably would try but you know what? Listen, they love to give. But why is that? Why does a child love to give? And why is it sometimes for all of us? Is it hard to sacrifice? It doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or a little money. It's still a sacrifice because it's your money. Why is it sometimes uh, uh, seem like it's a little bit hard to turn loose? Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. But I'll tell you one of the reasons is because of the attachments of this world. They have a hold of us. Uh, we know that we have responsibility. We know that we have bills to pay. We know that there's things upcoming. We know that life can throw you a curve at any moment. And so therefore all these things are attached to us when it comes to giving. But children, when they come down that aisle, they don't know anything about those things. And so it doesn't really matter if they have a $1 bill or if they have a $100 bill. When they come down that aisle, they're just happy because they got something to give. Amen. And they'll come down that aisle and they'll put it in there what motivates them? They just love to give. And you know what? There's a blessing in loving to give. Amen? And God loved to give. And God gave his son unconditionally. And the motive is that of love. Hey, can I tell you tonight, not just in money, but in our time and in our treasures and in our talents and in our tasks, if we will love to give for the glory of God, then everything that we do will honor him and be a blessing to us and to others. See, a lot of times we may do things, but do we do it out of a motive of love? The motive of giving is that God so loved the world. And then the measure of giving. Notice how much did God give? How much did he give? The measure of giving. Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only. You ought to circle that word. 
He gave his only begotten son. God knows what sacrificial giving is all about. I want to tell you tonight, God gave his son without reservation. He gave his son without respect of persons, and I can't, find, I can't really comprehend this, but he gave it without regrets. If he had it to do all over again, he'd give his son all over again. When you think about what motivated God, it was love. When you think about the measure of his giving, it was that God gave his all. He gave his only. You say, well, I, I just don't, God wants me to give my life and serve him. I only have one life. Uh, you wouldn't have any life if it wasn't for God. He gave you breath, uh, physical breath, uh, and if you're saved, he gave you eternal breath. Uh, and those are two good reasons to give the life that you have. God gave you the life that you have physically, and he gave you the life you have spiritually, and the measure of giving is that God didn't ask you and I to give something and him not give to the same depth that we did. In other words, God's not asking us to give sacrificially and give our all and him not know what what he's talking about. God gave the only thing he had one of. He could have gave a lot of silver. He could have gave a lot of gold. He could have gave a lot of glory and a lot of honor and a lot of angels. But guess what? He'd have had a whole lot more. But I tell you what God did. He looked at reached around and he gave the only one that he had, his only son, and he gave him and sacrificed him. That's the measure of God's giving. He said, we'll never outgive him. He gave all. You know, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm not even advising this. But if somebody came down the aisle and gave God every penny, do you not think he'd take care of? Now, I'm not encouraging you to do that. But I'm telling you that there's no amount I'll ever give to God that he won't supply my every need. God doesn't want, he, he doesn't want your checkbook. Amen? I should have got a lot of amens on that. God don't want your wallet. There's a lot of Baptists scared that God wants their billfold. He don't want your billfold. He don't need our billfold. He don't, want to, he don't want your assets. In fact, we wouldn't have anything had he not gave it to us. You say, well, preacher, if he don't want my money, sinners sometimes will say, well, I'm not gonna go to that church because all they want is your money. No, we don't want their money. We just want them to come hear the gospel. Isn't that right? God doesn't want our, our billfold. He doesn't want our checkbook. He doesn't want uh, our assets or our things. You say, well, what does he want? He wants your heart. He wants your life. Uh, if he gets your heart, if he gets your life, uh, then you don't have to worry about your billfold or your checkbook because whenever he speaks to your heart, I've been in times when God, people were giving, God didn't speak to me personally. I may have gave a little something, Brother Mike, in the offering, but I didn't really feel motivated that God was speaking to me about giving something of a sacrificial part and, and then there's been times when I been, didn't have a lot of money and the Holy Spirit would speak to me and say well I want you to give this money to so and so and I want to tell you to you it may or may not have been a great amount but at that moment in my life it seemed like a million dollars you know because it was all I had at the moment but can I tell you something if God has your heart he gets everything else that comes with it amen and if he doesn't have your heart he'll spend your money but it won't do you any good ain't that right 
I'm saying the measure of giving is when you give all. And what God wants tonight, not just out of young people, but out of all of us, he wants us to put our all on the altar and surrender our will to his will and submit to God and say, God, you gave your best for me and I want to give my best for you. My best is not going to be your best, but it's the best that I've got and I want to give my all. That's the measure of giving. In fact, if we get to the brass tacks of it tonight, God only knows one kind of giving, and that's sacrificial. God doesn't know what it means to give out of abundance. He knows what it is to give everything he's got, the motive, the measure, and then the meaning. Why did God give? God, why would you give your son? Why would you do that, God? The motive is that he loved us. The measure is that he gave only. But the meaning, God, why would you do that for every man, woman, boy, and girl? The answer is verse 16, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You want to know why God gave his only son? So you and I wouldn't perish. Amen. I want to tell you tonight, that's enough to make me want to run to Rossville and back tonight. Isn't that right? That's enough to make me want to shout hallelujah. That God, that the God of heaven, he gave so that you and I could be saved from hell. He gave so that you and I could be sure of heaven. He gave so that we could spend eternity with him. Can you imagine that? That God, listen, the meaning of why God gave Jesus is so that you and I wouldn't go to the flames of hell, but that we could go to the glories of heaven and not see the glitter and the gold and the splendor and everything that heaven has to offer, but that so that when we get there, we could be in his presence and that he could be in ours. Isn't that amazing that God would even want to be in our presence? tonight. I don't know about you, but I can't even fathom why that the God of heaven and glory, the one that stood on nothing and spoke everything to an existence, the one, my friend, that knows no sin, the one that's the creator of the, of the Milky Way and of the universe, the one, my friend, that knows everything from beginning to end, the one that lives in past, present, and future, the one, my friend, that sits high in the heavens on a holy throne and he's holy and he's righteous and he's true and he's faithful. Why? he would ever want me to be in his presence or why he would want to be in my presence. Someone is wicked and sinful and ungodly and undeserving. God does not want me in his presence up there but he wants me in his presence down here. He wants to walk with me and talk with me and walk with you and talk with you. What about a God? My friend, he saved our souls from hell. I'm talking about my friend. That's the meaning. That's why he gave so that you would not have to go to hell. Amen. And tonight, nobody in this building has to go to hell. You may be here tonight and say, Preacher, I don't know if I'm saved. Well, tonight would be a good night to be saved. On Give All Sunday, you ought to give your all in salvation. You ought to come down this aisle and say like the old publican said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and ask him to save you. Tonight, child of God, Give him your all. You know, a lot of times when we think about that, we think God is wanting us to do something grand and glorious, something, you know, something beyond that will mark history and time, but that's not what he's asking. God wants you to give your all tomorrow when you go to work. Give your all to him. 
God isn't wanting you and I to, to reach for the stars tonight, but what God wants you and I to do is live every day of our life pleasing to him. When you go to work tomorrow, be a real Christian. Amen? When you mother them children, be a godly mother. Get them to spend time in prayer. Spend time with him. Give your all to him. Give your children to him. Be an example. Amen. Love him and let him love you. I'm talking about the meaning of giving. My friend, God gave his son so that we wouldn't have to die. You say, but preacher, I'm already saved tonight. Well, thank God for that. But let me say something. There's more to this thing than just being saved. Amen. Don't just get in and sit down and never go any further. Give your all to him and surrender. Let God work something in your life. Enjoy the goodness and the grace and mercy that God has for you. Have a walk and a fellowship with God that's real. Get up in the morning time and spend time in prayer in the Bible, as I said, and let God be real in your life. Want more than just salvation, but spirituality. Give your all to Him in that secret place and let God work in your life. The greatest example of giving tonight, the greatest example of giving is in God giving His Son. I wonder tonight as we stand all over the house tonight. Are you giving God your best? You know what I like about being saved is that this is not a competition tonight. We're not competing with each other. Isn't that right? It's not about who's the best at anything. God never said I had to be the best at anything. He doesn't expect me to be the best at anything. He just wants me to give him my best. Isn't that right? And he wants you to give your best tonight. The motive. Do you do it because you love him? Preacher, I do everything I know to do, what I'm supposed to do, but, and that's good, that's commendable, but I tell you, it's a whole lot better when you're doing it because you love him. Amen. I'm glad you go to church, but when you go to church because you love God, it makes it a whole lot better. So I read my Bible every day, four chapters a day. I read through the Bible. That's commendable. It's a whole lot better when the motive's love. Lord, I just want to spend a little time with you. I just want to spend some time in prayer. I'm talking about the motive of giving, the measure. Well, well I give God some. I give him what I can. No, 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 no. Give him all. Give him all tonight. Here's your all on that altar tonight. What about the meaning? Why do we do what we do? You know what it is? The same reason God gave so that the gospel could be preached, so that others could be saved and be born again. How about that tonight? We're gonna sing, and while we sing this old song, others have come. If you need to come tonight, you obey the Lord while we sing.